Steve, happy new year. Happy new year. Is it is it still socially acceptable to say that? I think you have here? a week. I think you have a week. Okay. Because th- there was one time and I, it, this is how scarred I am by this memory. It was, it was February. It was like February 7th. And we were at Bath and Bot or Bed Bath and Beyond. And this, this gentleman told somebody else that he knew happy new year. And like, I, I was just flabbergasted that this guy said happy new year in February. Yeah, February. Like saying Merry be Christmas in in February. Yeah, that might be a little late, but I think you have the first. I, I think you have a full week from the first. I feel like Especially it's yeah, week. like I feel like it first week and and like it's the first time. Like this is the first time I've seen you in the new yep. year. So like I think even then, still probably if we were like the tenth, I probably would have said it. I think that's Anyways, This is the stuff Summer says podcast with Steve. Steve, Steve, we've got a lot to catch up on. Um, we're going to talk about the bowl game, Penn State's bowl game, to be more specific. Uh, we're going to talk about um, Big Ben retiring, potentially, definitely, um, and, and all of that that happened on Monday night. And then we'll talk about John Madden kind of in our sports media segment, but I think we can also just talk about him in our, in our general sports tone um and then we'll come back it's a circle of life uh because we will come back to new year's and new year's resolutions uh, for okay guy so wonderful uh, let me pull up a timer here um but I, so let me let me just say this as i was walking through the streets of tampa i was once again reminding myself that there was no reason that penn state should have been at that bowl game um and how fortunate penn state is that they travel well because that was the only reason why Penn State was at that bowl game uh, on Saturday. Do you agree? Were there a lot of folks there? There were more Penn Staters than I expected, yes. I didn't get a uh, like an overhead look at the stadium, so to speak, to tell. But the whole end zone and probably, I guess it would have been the Penn State sideline, probably down to the other 20 was pretty much full of white shirts and then kind of sort of, intermixed of red and then it was kind of sort of the same thing although the stadium itself was not full that that place was i wouldn't say empty but i felt like even that when we went to the tax layer bowl it was a little bit more full but then again that was that was penn state's first warm bowl since the sanctions had been lifted and that we were playing georgia who was literally 10 minutes away no it was hard to tell i mean i didn't we we heard it coming back from the airport like so we were listening more than watching so it's just hard to get a sense um but here's my kind of spiel on 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 that game i have absolutely no problem with the way penn state played um i have no concerns no issues people were very fired up with the coaching staff for whatever reason um i think for the most part penn state stuck around in that game and the only reason why they lost was because right or wrong, more so rightly, the, the starters that were normally starting were out because of, uh, you know, going to the draft. And and so the Florida Heat and just running the ball against a half-decent team against you, 
really just wore out a very thin defense. And I think that's kind of sort of what cost Penn State equally, though, on the other side, I think there were maybe a throw here or there that could have gone differently, a missed wide receiver here or there could have gone differently. But I, I, I don't know. I feel like in the moment people were very upset about that bowl game. And maybe it was just because I was approaching Penn State going to that bowl as just happy to be in Florida. Um, that that attitude was not translated against uh, throughout the rest of the, the Penn State population, so to speak. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I think really the only reason why they lost was probably because their defense was on the second and third string the whole game when usually you've, you've got pretty much the first and second string with the little help of the third string um, when needed. Yeah, it, it felt like the lack of depth or the different depth, right? The, the people that were playing the game. And, and I, I do think, again, from afar, listening more than watching, it was the heat. I mean, having been down there at that time, like it was warm. It, it, it was warm and it was just different. And you can't replicate that no matter what condition you're in. It just feels differently. And especially when Arkansas started doing the things they were doing to to be a little more physical and to run the game. And it was that was the one part that we heard coming out of the 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 break at halftime was their coach talked about, you know, Penn State's being a little more physical so far. We need to change that. You know, we we need to impose our will a little bit. And 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 they did that. Um, so I think that was something that played in their favor and then the conditions helped them to make that happen. I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was there was a point, maybe third-ish quarter, like really when the game kind of sort of started to feel like it was slipping a little bit, that James Franklin kind of sort of stood, okay, this is now, we're going to use this as a, real, a true opportunity for development, get actual meaningful reps for these guys you know, in a tough spot for a lot of those kids who never lost a high school football game before type thing and are just getting the first time, see what they can do. And I think you saw that a little bit, um, you know, with, with Smith Vilbert really showed up. I think Parker Washington kind of answered all the questions that anybody, and I know it was one game and I know we've seen him all season, but really answered any question that you could have about how, who's going to replace Jahan Dotson, because I think he's going to be the guy. Um, I think even Christian Veyu played well. Like that was certainly a much tougher defense to play against than what he played against uh, in Rutgers. And again, another case of he hadn't seen meaningful snaps in almost two months or a solid month and a half at that point. Um, so I think that that weighs into it. But to me, I think that was nice to see James Franklin realize, okay, we're here to have fun. We're here to like, if we lose this game, oh, well, we win the game. Great. But you know, what's an Outback Bowl going to win going to do for your program? It's not necessarily going to, to elevate your program when it's already kind of sort of at the point that it's at. Um, yeah. And I don't think he or any other coach is probably going to say that afterward or mm-hmm. even in the process, that's what it was about. But, but that felt like what it was about too. I mean, at some point, if the, if, if the bowl game you're in isn't for a championship or isn't it to advance and there's only a, a small handful that are, then it's about bettering your program in, in, in some ways 
or in, you know, if you don't come out of the bowl game having bettered your program in some way, then it was a missed opportunity. And I think the, to the way at this point for them to better it was to, to get some people some reps and do some things and see what, the, what they can do. And if it's a loss, so what? If you learned something about some kids or, or figured out what was happening. So, and, and I think you need to know a little bit about those kids to have some kind of certainty or at least knowledge as you go into a season when there's going to be changeover on the roster. Yeah, I think to me that the biggest thing was like that surprised me out of the whole game. Besides that was just like they, they just the way they looked on the sideline and, and this is difficult to describe, but they just looked relaxed like they they truly looked relaxed. And I think all season long, there has just kind of been this tight fist with this football team. And I think there's been so much pressure on, on it, especially the way it's kind of the season kind of sort of fell apart toward the end that you didn't look like you were having fun. And I think that really helps in those situations. And I think that's probably why they did play as well as they did, um, you know, for some of the guys that are out there, I'll be honest. I feel like I know Penn state's roster very well. There were multiple times where I was like, who the hell is that? Um, I was like, yeah, good for that guy. Number 40 two or you know whoever i'm like <laughs> yeah it was it was bad um but yeah I, i'm not gonna sit here and complain about the bull game i think the, the highlight for me was jordan stout breaking a man's ankles on the the fake punt um even if it was an incomplete pass that was great um saw john daly from a distance oh that's cool that was interesting um Ran literally ran into Joey Porter, got a selfie. Which was with even Joey cooler. Porter. Yep. That was that was which it all season long we we kept saying, oh, "What? If, I just want to run into Joey Porter. Do you need to run into Joey Porter? Because we, you know, he's kind of been around all year. Um, so that was that was really cool. Um, that stadium is incredible. I, I don't I I don't think it gets enough credit for being as nice as it is. It it is there is not a bad seat in the house there. It seems like um, we sat at about the. In, at the goal line, maybe we sat in row K. So however, what's that? 13, 12, 13 um, rows back. Um, it was a great, like, you really feel like you're right there. And and it's weird to describe, but there's really like the, the lower bowl had is split into half, but even those lo- other lower bowl seats felt low to the ground. Like they felt low to the stadium and felt like a good view. Um, so that was great. The pirate ship is absolutely amazing. Didn't actually walk over to see it, but it, it's really neat to look over and see a giant pirate ship. It's a lot bigger than I, I expected and looks on TV. It is probably bigger than my house. Yeah, it's big. Yep. Yeah, because that's the stadium where the Steelers won the Super, oh, that's the last right. Super yes, Bowl, right? Yes, yes, and you so, were there for that. So we were, I was there in the end zone for that game, like the opposite end zone from where Holmes caught his, well, the same end zone opposite side from the, from the finishing touchdown. Okay. Um, and it's a cool state. Like I said, it's, 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 I don't know if cozy is the right word, but it doesn't feel overwhelmingly big. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that we were chuckling about. So when you go to Iowa, you, you walk through. And if you go into the one end zone, you come in from the one end zone, there is a legitimate cornfield there. Like there's, And when you walk in through the one end zone there, there are palm trees. And then instead of having grass to like in the like, lifted areas where you would have flower beds they've got sand and i was like you know what this is this is cool like it makes you truly feel like you're at the beach at a football game which is 
really, really what that trip was. Well, good. That's, I mean, that's what it was supposed to be. I mean, I think for fans, you know, if we support the program, the bowl game is supposed to be a reward. I mean, that's just what it's what, what they've, you know, been for years. Um, and, and, and maybe are challenged a little bit as we go forward with that and how many of them are going to succeed or exist. And I think for teams, and again, it's get something positive out of it somewhere along the line. And I feel they probably did with the reps they got for the people they got them for. Um, I mean, I don't know that it's something you build off of entirely because we talked before about, you know, does it, is it the first game of the, the, the next season or the last one of the, the current? But I think they got some value out of it. And there's all they'll have plenty of work with what's changing between now and then to get ready for for the start of next season. It felt it was one of those losses that felt positive, if that makes sense. That was kind of my biggest takeaway from from. I think that's fair. I mean, because there's no negative. I mean, there's no super negative to it. As long as nobody gets hurt, you're not yeah. dropping the standings. You're not dropping in the rankings. You know, you're not whatever. So I think that's that's the thing with a bowl game always. You know, you can lose a bowl game, you know, every year. The teams that lose them every year, sometimes they aren't as costly as – I don't feel as costly. You haven't lost to a rival for the most part probably in your conference, those kind of things. There's all kinds of ways that a, that a loss can, be, can feel a little more positive than a regular season loss. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, anything else you want to add about the bowl game? Anything? No, I'm glad you made the trip. Yeah. You, you were, I know you were deciding. So, so how was it the week of, or how did you like, cause it was getting close to like the week. Or two uh, before, it was, it? it was the week before Christmas that we decided. Okay. Um, and that was more so just because with everything that's going on in the world right now, flights are not cheap to anywhere. Like if we, we couldn't find, we, we spent a little bit more money than we did would normally pay to fly to florida at that time and the thing the nice thing about florida much like here in in the frederick area is pretty much kind of sort of close to an airport you might have to drive a little bit you know at least in central pennsylvania you pretty much either have to drive all the way to pittsburgh or find maybe probably a little bit more expensive flight out of state college that's unless you're going to chicago really not direct anywhere um so that was that was the only thing we were we were anxious there were some rumblings early on about, you know, whether or not the game was going to happen and there was some COVID stuff going on. So we were anxious about that, but we had, we had family down there. So we were more excited about that. We, we more so went to see them and the bowl game happened to just be in Florida at, at the same time. Type deal. Right. Oh, good. I'm glad it worked out. That's wonderful. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, let's, let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger. Um, it is very apparent now that, Big Ben's last game probably is going to be Sunday. Uh, his last home game was, of course, this Monday night. So, Steve, give me your take on it. The game itself that happened? Him no, no, just Ben. The, the, the Everything going on right now with Ben, I guess, would be the best way to I, phrase it. I think this the uh... – it feels like the celebration of his his career is obviously appropriate, right? I mean, it's it's 18 years. It's almost – it's – two decades of playing for the same team. Um, it has certainly never been dull with him. Um, you know, there, there's, there was off field stuff. There was, there was the stupid motorcycle accident. There was, you know, there was, Oh, I'm hurt, but always playing well when I'm hurt. Like there, there's just so much with him. Um, but there's also two Super Bowls. There's an almost always answering the bell for game time. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it felt, I watched, I, I mean, it's a regular season game. I know it's his last one, but I, you know, I was glad to get home in time and kind of watch some of the pregame stuff. And I listened, actually listened to Pittsburgh Sports Radio 
uh, before the game during the day, just to listen to how they were doing, you know, and they did their memories and the top 10 quarterbacks of all time and where they put them and those kinds of things. And it was fun. I mean, the, the, the little victory lap kind of thing after the game, yeah, I'm glad I didn't have anything going on Monday night, so I could take it all in. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it felt like a nice piece of closure to the career. Cause you know, I mean, Sunday will happen, but you know, you're not expecting them to win and, you know, not expecting even if they do win that the season continues after Sunday. Um, and I think it was wonderful and rare that you're the guy who's the star of the team gets, gets to have pretty much a planned send off like that. Lots of times you don't know till it's over. Like Terry Bradshaw played his last game against the Jets in New York and Chase stadium. He was hurt. You didn't know it was his last game, but you kind of figured, but it wasn't home. So that does kind of thing. I thought it was nice. Um, Ed Bouchette's article had a, had a nice column in the athletic about that. And, and I think that was kind of, it, it didn't hit me until Tuesday morning when I read that, but that was a really good way to look at it. I think a couple of things, the difference between you and I with, with Pittsburgh and you've, you've been a Pittsburgh sports fan all of your life, followed Pittsburgh sports all of your life. So you, you got to experience people like Willie Stargell and, you know, that era of the pirates, you really got to experience Terry Bradshaw. You got to experience, you know, the good and the bad years of the Steelers. Um, For my generation, you know, there have really only been three, I would say maybe four Pittsburgh athletes. I could, that kind of sort of have cemented their legacy, like of, of the last of my lifetime, I would go Sidney Crosby. Um, I would go Jerome Bettis, but we only caught, caught the tail end of his career. Um, I would go Andrew McCutcheon and then I would go big Ben. So it was really neat to see that experience. Um, he, some, I think it was, Someone pointed out that it was very Cal Ripken like when he was mm-hmm. when Cal Ripken. I think we either retired or broke the record, and he he went or ran around the whole stadium. Yep. That to me, it was it, that was exactly what I was thinking of when I saw that. So that was really neat. I think the biggest thing to me though is like it is. I was trying to explain this. It is super fascinating, interesting. I was, it was in the fourth grade the last time the Steelers had a different quarterback. Like that is what we're now about to enter slash that is how insanely long Ben's career is. Uh, You're not, you don't, I mean, I don't want to sound like one of those guys, but you don't find that in athletes anymore. It is very rare that you find an athlete that not only stays an athlete for 18 years, but stays an athlete in eight, in eight, in one city for 18 years. I mean, Tom Brady has, you know, Tom Brady went from, from the Patriots to the Bucks. You had Peyton Manning going from the Colts to the Broncos. And I think there was one other team in there. Wasn't, am I making that up? I don't know. But you, you know, I think that was kind of sort of in one way, like weird. That's the weirdest part about this kind of kind of sad part about this is like it was pretty much you counted on the Steelers playing and you counted on Ben being the quarterback unless he was you you really knew he was hurt and kind of like what you said like priding himself on playing while hurt which I don't always buy but he did pride himself on playing when he was hurt and it sometimes it was kind of sort of mythical so that was that was neat to see 
Um, I think the other thing that you said that was funny, and I just, I haven't seen it brought up really anywhere. And you brought it up there, the motorcycle accident, people, which I, like a lot of people, like that was a very big moment in, in Ben's career. And I think we kind of sort of, I mean, forgot about that in a weird way. Not that you would, not that the negative was going to come out on Monday night. Um, and certainly with the, you know, the sexual assault allegations and things like that. But I, that was one thing that I was like, you know, that he, he, that really shaped Ben. I think a lot of ways, I think it maybe made Ben not be a dumb idiot as much off the field, like knocked him down a peg and, and kind of really reinstilled that blue collarness that I think one of the reasons why Steelers fans love Terry Bradshaw and, and, and do love Ben, I think for the most part, it was because of that. Yeah, I think so. And I think part of it is market size with Pittsburgh too. I mean, it's just smaller. I mean, mm-hmm. not that you get to know them any better anymore in some ways, but you you kind of do have a sense that you know your athletes or think you know. And I think he was certainly human, right? I mean, flawed, but but also performed, also their guy. And and I think that that loyalty factor, not that, you know, I mean, it just, just being there for a whole lifetime of a whole generation of fans makes a difference, right? And And, and the thing that you haven't experienced, right, because it's been since fourth grade, is for those of us that have seen Bubby Brister and some other quarterbacks through the years, like it's scary about what could follow. I mean, looking at Mason Rudolph, thinking, oh, God, just, there's got to be some other better option somewhere. Um, to, to never be below 500 while he was playing, and granted the defense was good and there were other parts of the team, but to never be below 500, to take the beating that he took. I mean, I don't, Tom Brady never got hit in his career as consistently as Ben did. Um, I think there's a lot there, and I think people appreciated that. So I, I think the 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 send off was appropriate and um, kind of fun. Although I do think you're forgetting one one person in your lifetime that was that should be on your little Mount Rushmore of of no. Pittsburgh, Troy, or not? I go back and forth about Troy. Here, okay. here is my take on Troy. I, I think retrospectively Troy has was very important to but like I feel like with Ben at least for whatever reason as much as he was is and was kind of sort of guarded I think he was a little bit more public than Troy kind of sort of was okay that's fair like I feel like Troy like I would I stop and for the last 10 years that the social media has been around and they've been sharing press conferences. I stop and watch two, three press conferences every week. I watch James Franklin, Mike Tomlin, and I, I see what Ben Roethlisberger has to say. I don't know if I ever really did that with Troy. Um, it, this is weird. It does seem like your generation loves Troy a lot more. And I wonder if that is because you, you grew up with the true steel curtain defense. And I think, I don't know. He I'll, I'll take your public back thing. To that. I'll take your, your public persona thing a little more. I mean, I, I think maybe it was more of a defensive thing, right? Like making big plays yeah. and whatever else. And he felt more like a comet, right? Because his, I mean, not that I doubted that he was going to get in the Hall of Fame, but I, I was, wouldn't have been shocked if it would have taken more than the, the first couple times mm-hmm. for him to get in just because his, his career was so short. Um, but I'll take the public thing in terms of an explanation because Troy until almost after his career, you didn't know as much or you didn't, you didn't open himself as up, right. up as much. Um, right. And I think maybe that's a fair reason for him to not be there. So I'm, I'm good with that. I just, when you gave me those four, I'm like, Oh, what about, what about Palomalu? But 
that makes sense as you talk through it. Do you, going back to the, you know, kind of publicly saying goodbye to someone like that, do you, is there any other athlete in Pittsburgh sports history that you can remember that, that had that? I mean, Roberto Clemente was obviously because he, he died, you know. I don't remember how, Lem, I don't remember Lemieux's last Lemieux so kind of sort of just, I think I was reading about this because I, this, this one was the one that I was wondering about. I think he just kind of sort of said, I'm, I'm done. We're done here. Like I'm good. Yeah. It might've been more like a force. My body can't take be it done. anymore. Right. Just, yeah. um, no, Ben's was about his storybook as, as I can remember in, in Pittsburgh. I mean, cause just because the, the schedule played out, um, you know, he was asked and said, yeah, this is probably going to be it. You know, not that people didn't know that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, cause Franco was traded. Yeah. I mean, they just, you just think about something, you know, Lambert got hurt, you know, it just, yeah. I mean, Jason Kendall, who maybe had a shot at being half decent, good, got hurt. Um, Vance like left, right. I'm trying, you know, bonds left, obviously Benilla left. So that generation of stuff in between there, there really wasn't somebody who finished up that was at that pinnacle where they, they, they should have right. been celebrated. So no, this, this was probably in, in a quarter century, at least the only one. And it was appropriate that it was him. I think. Yeah. I think, I think I agree with that. Um, there was one comment and I don't know if you caught this. There was a super fascinating comment from Lewis Riddick after the game talking with SVP. Cause I, uh, I stuck around and just to see what they were going to talk about type thing. And he once again, kind of sort of reminded people that don't live in Pittsburgh or didn't grow up in a Pittsburgh household or, or Pittsburgh sports fandom household, just how important, like the Steelers are to the community. And I think that was one of the things that, that is, is difficult to like explain about Ben is he just kind of sort of fit in with everybody else in terms of the way he went about his, about his business of, all right, we're going to figure out how to get this done. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be pretty, but we're going to figure it out. And I thought that was, that was interesting and good. I thought the thing, I don't know if you caught it on countdown before the game was great. There was a, introspective they had uh jerome they had ryan clark they had um they had bruce arians they had uh, a number of other Steelers, like of of the super bowl two super bowl eras basically come on and just say like here was this was what it was like working with ben and i thought that was that was interesting um this is weird but i am interested to see if if Baltimore does anything, acknowledges it in any shape or fashion um, this weekend. It, It'll be interesting. I, I don't know if the team has to do it, and the, nor do the fans, but I would have some respect for the fans if they did. Yeah. Like the first time they take the field, they at least clap. And then if they boom the rest of the game, I don't care. Which right? is right. Like you kind of almost want that. Like, right. It, like, like yeah. be smart enough the first time to separate yourself apart and, and, and cheer. And then, who is backside the rest of the game? That that's fine. Yeah. Um. But but show that awareness that that it, that it fits or that you know where where he fits. Now I don't know. Would Steelers fans do the same for whoever it would be? Ray, for the Lewis, Ray Lewis the would be the only person that I kind of sort of think of. And could Steelers fans bring themselves at all to cheer yeah. just a little bit the first series? Like Ray's kind of feels kind of tough from afar, but I don't know. 
I mean, I could acknowledge being in the stadium with him and, and, and saying, yeah, he's a hell of a great player. Good to see him. But I don't know if I could bring myself yeah. to, you know. Yeah. So I don't know that I kind of have high expectations for what will happen Sunday All right. in Baltimore. All right. Um, real quickly, let me just be very honest with you. I am, I am rooting for the Steelers to win, and I am rooting for the Jaguars to win simply for the fact that we can see what happens in a prime time spot where two teams could just potentially just take knees back and forth oh. and make the playoffs. And here's the thing, like when you think about it, why not do it? Why not? What, what, would, what would be the reason not to? Right. Uh, there's no threat of, and you can't do it at this point. There was a story today about the NFL um, threatening draft picks, take draft picks away from, from teams that, that do stupid shit during the interview process. But it's not like you can say if you don't compete, yeah. you're taking draft picks away. Yeah. And everybody like, knows that making the playoffs matters. Why would you not? Or if it gets to be the fourth quarter and it's somehow 13-13, what's the incentive to? To me, there is no incentive other right. than to legitimately say, I'm going to take four knees, you take four knees, and we're going to do that for, for an, an hour and right. then 10 minutes in overtime. Right. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, it would be fun to watch if it played out that way. I don't know that I have a lot of Fulton Jack, faith in no, Jaguars. No, I, but is, I don't. is Wentz healthy or, or not? Uh, I think he's playing. I think he is. Okay. And yeah, that, that so. might not help. Okay. Anyways, uh, let's see what else here. Uh, moving on. Um, John Madden, unfortunately, passed away kind of sort of unexpectedly, apparently, uh, on, let's say, early last last week uh, when uh, um, maybe maybe a couple of days later um, but to me I am once again of the gener- generation where I didn't really get to see John Madden coach I don't know Steve are you you're, you're old uh, but are you that old I probably saw the Super Bowl but wasn't as aware as I should have would have been okay. 70s what six so I should have been at least sort of paying attention so, but you got you got the full John Madden announcer experience. To yeah. me, not to be one of those millennials, but the John Madden experience for me is the video games. Um, yeah. That was outside of the couple years there that I remember uh, with with the when he was with ABC doing Monday Night Without Michaels. That was pretty much it that I got of John Madden in terms of an announcer. I more so knew him from even Pat Summerall. I more so knew from him doing play-by-play on the the video games than I did did on um, TV. So I don't know what um, you know. What do you think the legacy of John Madden is? Um, and do you do you think it's like? There's no, I really can't think of any other figure in sports that has become so popular, but I, I, I genuinely do wonder like how many people know what he, who he was. Um, oh, I think, time. I think the people around him and I, and I think we got who he was. I, I think at the end of his announcer career, he felt like kind of a, a caricature and he was playing the character of, yeah. of, of the guy with the boom and the drum things and the smash and whatever else. But I think initially when he started, and I think that's who he was at the end, I think he was just playing that role. But I, I think initially when he started, he was, he was different. He was, he was, David Jones did a, did a good piece, well-reported piece 
in the, in the Patriot News um, about Madden and his impact and and some things I knew and didn't know. I mean, like teams, broadcast teams to prep would usually go in a, a day before. They went in two days before at his urging to be able to get both teams then to talk to, both teams to do interviews with on site. Um, he was he knew the people on the set. He met with the cameraman. He met with the graphics people just because he wanted to explain to them, hey, this is what I'm looking for. You know, would you mind looking for this or helping them see it better? So I think he was he came off from everything I've read and understand is genuine and kind of kind of down to earth as much as you can be. Um, I don't know about the father piece, right, as the coach and whatever else. That we just don't have a way to judge that. But I think the people that work with him really loved him and thought he did his job well. So I think that's that's who he was. Um, I think he was curious from some of the stuff Matt Millen was talking about in the special, the the, the All Madden special that was Christmas Day that, that timed out just perfectly. So I, I don't know who knew what his condition was or how that was working out. Um, although Ryan Hawkinsmith, again, had a story. He must have talked to the Madden family about watching the special and and, and how it was to watch that afterward. I think we got who he was, and I think he was just – Man, it just it was just perfect timing and a lot of things and some smart decisions of going to give up coaching. I'm going to they found a place in broadcasting and it worked and, and the, the video game like it just it wasn't Midas touch everything is great, but I think he did a decent job. I think that was one of the, the takeaways I had for the Madden special and just. Just from what I, I do know about John Madden was like just kind of had the right opportunities sort of at the right time and, and, and took advantage of them and, and took care, you know took care and pride it in, in, in them. Um, I do, I do think it's, it's neat that like chances are the NFL football video game is always going to be called Madden 2000, whatever. And that is like, like he is going to have probably a, a more popular long lasting legacy than virtually almost any other player in the history of the NFL um, because he's like, you, you are always going to have a Madden. You're always going to be hitting, getting hit with ads. Or you're always going to have your kid wanting to buy, you know, that the latest copy of Madden. Um, so I think to me, that is the, the, the cool thing about his legacy. Um, I think that it, I, I think the other thing is just, it is, it is funny. Like I, I can only remember maybe one or two games that I can think of John Madden calling the Steelers Super Bowl in 04 or 05 and the um there was a the, the, I think it was the, the game where Brett Favre loved to come back I think they were playing the Bucks maybe after right after his father died on Monday night hmm. um and and I don't know why that game sticks out to me in my head um but I think to me, like that is, it's neat that we all kind of sort of, if you remember John Madden, regardless of your age, you do have like kind of one of those games or one of those memories of, of him. Um, and it's one of those voices that like much like Keith Jackson, uh, Pat Summerall, you know, and I think even now Bob Costas and, and other names like that, that they're just, those voices are always going to be, be with you. And when you hear them, you're always going to perk up and think of, of, of good or fun times. Right. Oh, oh, this is a big game, right? This matter. And, and yeah, and I think, I think those guys and women that are in those number one seats previously and, and now too, I don't know that they're head and shoulders above the rest of the people who have the gigs. They just have the number one game. Like, I don't think Madden, 
a lot of people saw Madden do his job, but I don't think he was driving viewers to games. The game was driving the viewers and he happened to be the person who, who was in the seat to be able to describe it. But lucky him and, and that's great. I mean, I think that now, I mean, I thought that about Brent Musburger. I think that about anybody in the number one team. Nobody's watching the game because it, it's it's Chris and Kirk who are doing the college football game. They're watching it because it's, it's the game that matters. But theirs are the voices that are associated with it. And honestly, if you watch a game that feels big and their voices aren't with it, then it feels a little less important, which is interesting. Even even that's funny you say that because even I was thinking about that during the uh, the, the national champ or not the the college football playoff, and it was, um, and I'm totally Dave, um, not Dave, yes, the, the guy that Todd Blackers was with. Sean McDonald. Sean McDonald. That's I don't know why I was thinking. I was thinking Dave Pash for some reason. But like, you know, you're kind of sort of the second most important game in town when you have those two. Like, a, a kind of sort of how I feel about it. Right. And it felt like when they were doing that that first game, this is kind of sort of the second second most important game in town. The other one, which is coming afterwards, was coming. Yeah, um, I, think, I think that's a big. Yeah. That, 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 that feel, I feel it now that feel with the sound of the voices on football night in America, because everything's bumped up and changed there with Tariko doing the game, you know, and, and, and the hosts of the TV show have changed and the voices are there with, 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 with it. Jack Collinsworth is doing a lot more time and the, the Chris Sims is getting more time. It just feels like that generation is changing on me a little bit. And I don't know those voices as voices are like, Oh, okay. I respect them. Whereas Madden, Madden built that up during a career and everybody, everybody got the benefit from that. It felt like. Well, even, and I think the other thing with the video games and then being able to listen to him on TV or vice versa, you got the familiarity of his voice. Like, like I said, like you can attach, like you said, you can attach good moments or good memories or, or, or big moments to those, to, to that voice. And I think, you know, much like a certain smell can hearing a certain person's voice certainly unlocks that coziness feeling, I guess, so to speak. I agree. All right. Anything else about John Madden? No, I think he'll be missed. And but and I think his legacy piece, because of the time he happened and so much of what he had was recorded and chronicled and whatever else, 20 years from now when it's still Madden, some kid says, well, who the heck is Madden? Mm-hmm. He's going to be able to Google it and figure it out and, and yeah. get a sense of it, which isn't the case with, you know, 20 or 30 years previously now with when stuff was lost of great players and things like that that you just don't have the, the stuff with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, this week's old guy, young guy. Again, we're coming back full circle to uh, New Year's resolution. Steve, do you slash did you make a New Year's resolution? And do you care to share if you did? I didn't, and I don't know when the last time was. I I was just gonna. That was my gonna be my follow up question. Yeah, yeah. Um, good for you. Good question. Um, and good follow up. Um. Because most of the time, you know, oh, I should lose some weight. I should do whatever else. And it just doesn't happen. Um, less so than New Year's resolution. It's probably been not to go all churchy. It's been more like a church resolution to try to be a little more hopeful about some of the stuff I'm doing. Because mm-hmm. I'm not the brightest shining light walking into we a know. sometimes. We know. So, uh, yeah, so I, need, I need to work on that. Like, so that's probably close, as close as it gets. What about you? Uh, so I did not make one this year. Uh, I actually haven't. Well, I haven't really like gone all out and like made one. I think for me, when I make one, it's like, I'm going to try to do something and like have it kind of sort of guide me, but not like, I feel like there's some people that like 
January one rolls around and they're like, okay, I need to lose weight. And that's my new year's resolution. And I can only talk about that. Think about that. Like I find that you're better off just being like, I think I'm going to try to do this this year. And if I do it great, if I don't, I don't like, I like, for example, 2019 or I'm sorry, 2020, the start of 2020, I was like, yeah, I'm going to just, I, I don't, I'm very comfortable with my body. I don't feel that I need to lose weight, but I'm going to try to work out more often. And I was working out three, four times a week, probably in the best shape of my life. And then a global pandemic happens. And so I stopped going to the gym. And so maybe I'm a little jaded by, by that whole experience. Um, but yeah, I don't, it's been a while since I've like actually made one, wrote one down or whatever. Um, but you know, if you do good for you, um, I'm sure that here we are on the fifth. I'm sure that by the 10th, the next time we probably record the podcast, half of you will fallen off of, of that. Uh, <laughs> There's our support for you. Good luck. Don't blow in the next three or four days. My, my favorite new year's resolution was the year that my grandmother who, so if you, you ever met my grandmother, she is, she's 82 now, I believe it, but she is, she swears a lot. And she was like, I'm going to stop swearing. And I think she legitimately made it about five minutes into the year before she swore again. So <laughs> that was, and we still joke about that one. Um, I think the one year she's like, I'm just going to try not to say the F-bomb. And I think she she made it like three weeks. And then she started just dropping F-bombs left and right. <laughs> so. That's great. Anyways, well. If you have a New Year's resolution and you've made it this far into the podcast, um, thank you and good luck. Um, do you have anything else you want to add today, Steve, or can I can I wrap up this show? No, let's finish it up completely. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Um, we would like you to make your New Year New Year's resolution to rate and subscribe to our podcast and all of the podcasting services. I do believe I have not checked, but I do believe Spotify now does rank like five stars. Uh, so there's another place you can give us five stars. That would be great. We'd really appreciate that. Um, other than that, we've got an email at stuff. Summer says podcast at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at stuff. Summer says yours is at Steve Sampson. And other than that, I'm good. You're good. Have a, have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good week. Have a good whatever. Bye.